back, listeners, to another episode of Friends with Employee Benefits. You know, we're experiencing a really crazy time in human capital management right now. HR leaders have been uh, really crucial in supporting their employees, as well as helping leadership navigate and, and pivot into the, I'm going to say it, although I don't like saying it, the, the new normal. Uh, I guess that's now just being referred to as the normal. Um, and and we'll get into what I mean by that in the podcast. But this has sparked change in a lot of ways. And one of those is around the concept of the employee experience and how we are humanizing, for lack of a better word, the workplace. So we're going to dig into that today. And on the topic, we brought in Rachel Perillo, who is our talent business partner here at One Digital. So Rachel, before we get started, I think it'll be helpful for our listeners to hear a little bit more about you, uh, including your role at One Digital and your background in HR. Sure. Thank you, Jeff. So first of all, I'm so excited to be on this podcast because I have been trying to get on this podcast since you created it. (laughs) I know. So I'm so happy to finally be a guest on your podcast. Um, And I am, yes, talent business partner. I work for the people and culture department here at One Digital, and I support the Northeast and New England regions. So basically what my role is to support the leaders in my regions and anything related to talent mobility, um, which is really helping performance development and improvement and goal setting and really just creating a great employee experience for everyone here at One Digital. Awesome. Sounds like a fun job. It is fun. Although I've only been here for four months, so I guess talk to me later in the year. So yeah, you're relatively new here to One Digital, Rachel, but but what, what's your experience prior to joining, uh, your experience in HR prior to joining this team? Yeah, so I've been working in HR for over 10 years now. I've always been mostly a generalist, which is pretty much wearing all the HR hats on strategy and um, leadership, development, compliance, benefits. So I have my master's degree in HR development. I've always loved working with people, um, helping people get better. So I've worked with big companies, I've worked with small companies, and I came into the HR space on the employee benefits side. So that kind of helped me assimilate with One Digital. Um, All right, so let's start off with a few phrases that have really gained popularity in the past few years and months. And I want to I I want you to let me know what jumps to mind right out of the gate when I say these these phrases. Okay, so top of mind. Ready? Yep. Okay. Employee engagement. Employee engagement. Those are your high potential employees. Those are your high performers because they are connected to the mission and value of the company. So they're going to be in it to win it. Okay. Employee experience. The employee experience. It sounds so like mystical. It is the journey that an employee is going to take with your organization. So that's anything with relationships with the people, technology, uh, the work environment, anything that they're going to experience throughout their time working with the company. And that one is really important to note because employees can talk about their experience even after they're done working at a company so you want to make sure that that's a good experience for them because then they're going to tell their friends and you might want to hire those friends right yeah good point i like the use of the word journey too yes like it is a, a journey the, yeah and then finally the human experience okay so this one 
the human experience. Um, I love the human experience because it really takes the employee experience to a whole other level uh, in that it's focused on the psychological part of people at work. And that means really looking at what's meaningful to them as a person, as an individual. And I think it brings the life part into work, which is so important today, especially as so many of us are working virtually. Um, that work-life balance doesn't really exist. It's more of a work-life harmony. Hmm. Well, another good word, harmony. Thank you. Especially as a musician, I like that one. <laughs> so let's stay on this. So the human experience that you, you perked up, I could see you sort of, you know, visually, I could see you sort of jump on that and really be be excited about it. So let's stick with that for a minute. Um, what does it mean for employers? This this concept of the of the human experience. And, and, you know, second to that question is how do we evolve from the employee? Is it an evolution from employee experience to human experience? And how do we do that? Yeah, so I do think it's an evolution. And I did perk up because this is my jam. I love the employee experience. I love the employee journey. That's why I do what I do. Um, I've been in HR for a little over 10 years. And that's always been my favorite part of working in HR is just making the employee experience the best one that we possibly can and as leaders I think that's part of what the human experience really points to now um, we as leaders are kind of working for our employees it's not really the opposite way anymore where an employee comes to work to earn a paycheck um, while they're still doing that it's more about knowing who they are um, knowing their unique traits and characteristics and really focusing on how can we help you become the best that you can be so that you're going to do your best work for us here at the company and i think that the human experience is definitely um, more of a journey especially as employers do have to evolve into that mindset uh, because it takes a lot more attention i think you've got to really shift your mindset as a leader to not only say like in your one-on-ones oh hey how are you how are you doing but actually truly mean that and have that that genuine spirit um, that you can connect with your employee because that's really what the human experience comes down to is um, that mindfulness connection and having employees have that meaningful feeling when they're talking about their work because they spend the majority of their time at work in most cases and so the theory, I guess, is that they should still, A, we get to treat them as human beings, <laughs> which is the, the right thing to. to do. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, because, because this is such a big part of their life, right? And so you get to care about them. Uh, but I, I, this is a question that just pops in my head. Is this a trend that's happening sort of throughout, across the spectrum of industries or... Are there certain industries that are sort of lagging behind? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I would say, especially as we kind of come out of 2020 and what a year that was for really focusing on our employees as humans, because we were really forced to do that. And I think that's across all industries. Um, you have to have your humans to do the work for you. So I think the focus has really shifted to that mindset, whether, you know, meaning to or not. Um, I think that that connection that we feel as leaders to our employees, especially after a year like 2020, just acknowledging that we are all um, vulnerable, we all have our emotions, 
um, and that we are all going through some sort of stress and some sort of life journey, again, with the journey word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been something that I think all employers have had to focus on, like I said, whether intentionally or not. Yeah. So what you do with that and how you can use that like for the greater good and to make your employees and your company the best that it can be is kind of the next step. Yeah, regardless of what kind of work you're doing. Definitely. Rachel, there's been a lot of social unrest in the past few months, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, the election uh, being so contentious, the storming of the Capitol. More recently, there's been con- continued unrest in uh, in the state of Washington and I think Oregon, Colorado and others. And, and so it continues this ongoing unrest. And I think it'd be naive for HR for an HR leader to, to think that those issues are not impacting their workers, right? Definitely. And I think, again, it just kind of goes back to you're human too, and we all are. And I think that you can't expect your employees to check their emotions at the door, especially now when we don't come to a door every day. Um, we're, we're so overlapped with work and life and everything that makes that up. And all of that stuff that you just mentioned is part of what we do in and out every day, which is part of work, part of life, part of your family, part of your society, your community. So um, yes, it it definitely would be naive to think that this is not having an impact on how people show up to work. And I think that first off, acknowledging as an employer what's going on is probably the best thing that you can do for your employees is to just say like, yeah, we know this is going on and not just kind of sweeping it under the rug or not addressing it because it's uncomfortable and we don't you know we don't talk about that here at work well we talk about everything at work now because we're just bringing our lives and our kids and our pets and everybody into the mix so we're going to talk about everything and that's a good thing because we are our people first and you've got to really know your people and be able to support them um the best way that you can that's going to work for them if you want to get the best output out of them and you know you talked about sort of being socially conscious and I think that that's a huge piece that even new talent today is looking for and looking to when they are looking for a new job because let's face it people today have choices where they want to go work it's not just like oh I'm really lucky to have this job and I'm going to earn a paycheck and then at five o'clock I clock out and that's all it's, it's just not like that anymore. So people have an option where they want to go and they're going to want to go to a place that is socially conscious and is aware of what's going on and does something about it. So I think that giving back to your community, um, maybe not necessarily taking a stance, but being able to provide support in different ways, like whether it's support groups. Um, I know that we, a lot of companies have different sort of teams or gatherings that are able to come together and have like-minded discussions or not like-minded discussions, which is even better, um, because diversity is a huge positive impact as well that I think a lot of people embrace and employers are embracing nowadays as well, more so than ever, which is good because that's where all of your innovative spirit comes from and all your creative ideas is just getting different perspectives um, and really caring about the different people that you're bringing in and then doing good with your output. Yeah, it's probably better as an employer and and a, a leader and a coach to not really take a side on any given issue uh, 
but to just acknowledge that there are different viewpoints and different opinions and we all have a and we're all feeling something at least to just acknowledge like yeah this is impacting us one way or the other and to but to stay kind of you know neutral uh neutral on on uh, particularly any divisive issue right yeah definitely and just to say like yeah we got your back we recognize this but we got your back and what can we do to help support you um and i think that like i said having different kinds of resources that employees can access uh, is the best thing that people can do with that. Yeah. I mean, that said, there are certain issues where I, I, I think that, you know, it's a no brainer and there, there's a clear right and wrong way to think about things. And uh, so I think it's okay for an employer to take a stand on some of those things and, and put a stake in the ground. But it just sounds to me, Rachel, like this movement from, or this evolution from the employee experience to the human experience is just an acknowledgement that uh that we don't kind of there's not a clear separation that work is really just one part of the overall our lives right and that they're interconnected that we can't just really you know we don't exist in a vacuum at work and then a different like a different vacuum we can't silo our lives that way Mm -hmm. and we don't and focusing on the human experience is an acknowledgement of, of uh, an employer acknowledging that uh, that sort of convergence of, of the uh, personal life and work life yeah and I and I like I think you said integrated and I think like that's another good way to say it work-life harmony work-life integration because it is you're you are not going to have a separate life from your work it, it, I know a lot of people who want that to be the case, that a lot of people are like, no, I leave my work at work and then I move on to my personal life. But I think typically in general, most people have that overlap, especially now, like we said, working in a virtual setting, your hours are a lot more flexible. Um, People are logging on at night. They're logging on in the middle of the night, a lot of uh, checking emails at 2 a.m. when their kids are awake or whatever the case may be. So you really just can't escape it and is it is it a benefit or a curse maybe a little bit of both but your work and life is completely intertwined for many of us it's it's interesting because you know we've sort of referenced that it's especially true in today's environment not everybody is working remotely but many many people are uh we there's been a shift um uh, to the remote environment uh for the for the better half of uh for really almost all of 2020 and you know we've started 2021 in that way so how can HR professionals uh, such as yourself Rachel sort of enhance the reputation of a remote culture because it, it it's still somewhat new to many organizations and you know might there, I think some people might be, still be skeptical of it I think there's definitely argument on both sides that employees working virtually are more productive or employees working physically in the office are more productive. So I think it depends on the environment, the organization. Um, And to speak to that, I think being able to keep our remote workers more engaged or as much engaged as they were when they were in the office, work environment's a big part of that. So you start simple. If 
your employees were here at the office, they had two monitors. Now they're home, they're working from home, they just have a laptop. Okay, well, let's give them their monitors. Like, can we deliver that to their door? I think we can do that. Um, easy things, or like their plant that they love, their fern is not at their home office. Okay, let's give them their fern. I killed my plant. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people did not water their plant for like nine months and they're all sitting dead at their offices right now. Um, but little things like that, or just making suggestions like, I think people work better when they are comfortable where they're working. So, like, you know, sweatpants are okay. I think a lot of people are fine with sweatpants um, as long as you have pants on. And I think, so that actually happened to me, not that I wasn't wearing pants, but I was pretty new. I had a, a virtual call with some leaders here and my dog was barking and I didn't know what her problem was. So I was like, hang on one second, guys. I just gotta see what my dog's barking at. I forgot that I was wearing my New York Yankee giant sweatpants with like a nice sweater. <laughs> didn't really match that well. Jumped up, ran out the door. And when I came back, I was like, oh man, they totally just saw my pajamas. <laughs> so, but the great thing about it was they were like, oh cool, I like the Yankees. <laughs> Yeah. And it's normal. Who said that? Because uh, I, I entirely disagree <laughs> with that statement. Yeah, I right, know. Right. Let's not name names. Let's not name yeah, names. Right, let's move on. <laughs> but I think that, um, again, that's just kind of pointing to what we're talking about, right, is that we're all just people. We're all just humans, and we're trying to do the best that we can, and that's okay that I was in sweatpants working at my house. Um but I think that being comfortable and, and even so on the other side, like having your managers point out to you, you know, we're talking to you on Zoom and it's really dark in there, so we really can't see your face. You look like you're in the witness protection program. Like, let's get some lighting up in there and just being open to feedback. Um, but I think that speaking of managers, that manager-employer relationship is just key to employee engagement, the human experience. If you don't have a good connection with your manager and your manager isn't checking in on you with your one-on-ones and you're not having that constant communication and feedback, that's going to make you disengage no matter if you're in the office or out of the office. Right. So even if, if someone's remote, you need to maintain that cadence of, of, of regular connect, you know, connection points. And uh, I would assume try to make them visual, right? Use a, use a video chat methodology yes so as much as people are suffering from zoom fatigue i do think that it is the best way to stay connected because you you kind of feel like you need to pay attention if you're on the video um you're not on just a cell phone and kind of multitasking around and half listening so um it does bring a little bit of the physical part back to your conversations and again you could get creative with it too um, making a video message and sending it via email to your employee and, you know, kind of asking for feedback that way so that you're not forcing them to do these video calls all the time. But yeah, I definitely think that establishing a cadence for one-on-ones and having those check-ins regularly so that you are talking about your performance, talking about your goals, talking about just how are you doing? How are you doing? And what's going on? What can I help you with? Whether it's personal or work. You mentioned Zoom fatigue. Um, is there anything employers can do about that? I think it is a real thing. I mean, what, what do we do about Zoom fatigue? I have Zoom fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think you're not alone. I know. So especially because my job is remote, even not in COVID times. So I have had to adjust to doing all my video calls and video meetings all day long and just jumping from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. I think they call that Zoom hopping. 
So um, that's been a huge adjustment for me, being used to actually being in the office and working with a, a team that is easily accessible. And so for everyone that is experiencing the Zoom fatigue, I think there's just a couple things that maybe you can be aware of that are tiring you out more than you might realize. And one of those things that I read in an article was that a lot of people's backgrounds are very distracting. And you wouldn't think about it just kind of sitting there having a conversation, but you're actually draining your brain by paying attention to not only the person who's talking, but everything that's behind them too. So like the dog running by or the kids screaming or just like what's on your counter, like what fruit is rotting in that bowl or uh, who's in your pictures on your desk or whatever the case may be. And so actually all those are like stimulating your brain and exhausting you by just paying attention to the person's background. So as an employer, um, you know, I know a lot of companies are having standard backgrounds with like the company logo or just like a plain aesthetically pleasing background so that it's not too busy huh. and it's not overworking us. Yeah, because our mind has to process, I guess, everything that we see. Mm-hmm. So the more stuff we're seeing in the background, the more things we have to process, which would exhaust us. It, it makes sense, yeah. And then the other thing that I do all the time is I'm always staring at myself in the Zoom video, oh, in I the thumbnail. Too, oh my God, and I hate it. And I think like the plastic surgery has gone up like tremendously last year because <laughs> everyone's like looking at their fine lines and wrinkles. I don't know why we do, because I hate <laughs> looking at myself, but I'm, it's like, it's like a train wreck. I can't, I can't take my eyes off. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. So there is the option to like delete yourself. So you don't have to stare at your own video. Oh. So everyone else can still see you, but you can't see yourself. And oh, I've been doing that. How to do that. Oh yeah. That's really helpful. Cause you're just like looking at yourself like, God, I need my hair done. And like, I don't know. Why am I wearing this outfit today? Yeah. Uh, you know, to be hundred percent serious. Like, I think that that would help help me focus Mm -hmm. if I could take my picture down I think it would help my focus on these on these meetings on these zoom meetings that's a great great idea what what about the you sort of referenced just being kind of mindful and I think um, I don't have any data to support this but I feel like it's become too easy for us to schedule a meeting right it used to be that if a meeting was going to be in person we had to really think about, okay, like, do we need to have this meeting because it's gonna require us all to be here mm-hmm. at the same time, I gotta find a time, we gotta book a room, uh, et cetera. And now it's just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put a meeting on the calendar. Yeah. And are we potentially maybe over scheduling ourselves and putting too many, too many meetings on the calendar? Well, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a lot of cases, I do think so. I think that it's just become such the norm to use Zoom or a video meeting, whatever platform you use, that it's it's just like your second nature. You click the button, you're like, okay, well, obviously this is a Zoom meeting. But I think it's easy to forget that you don't have to schedule Zooms for everything, and it's it's good to break it up with meetings that can just be phone calls or if your meeting doesn't need to be a meeting can it be an email can it be like i said before a video message that you attach to an email so like your employees can watch it at their leisure um or can it just be a phone call or even a text message um it's funny that i think my phone doesn't ring with employee phone calls um ever because everyone just schedules a zoom now right so yeah i think 
being aware of that and right your word being mindful especially as uh, a leader in the organization of this whole concept of zoom fatigue and being in these meetings constantly all day all right can we designate one day a week where we're going to say we don't do meetings on this day this is a work day this oh. is a phone day this is not a meeting day and can you actually stick to that i don't know uh, I, I love that idea the other idea i have is like never schedule a meeting longer than 45 minutes yes so so that you you don't you aren't going back to back mm-hmm. that you give that 15 minute break between meetings for people to just you know decompress a little bit and and, and get themselves in the right mindset for the next meeting definitely uh, harder easier said than done the, both of those things like i love a no meeting day i just uh, heard that google did a no meeting week i think at the end of 2020 they said the whole week no internal meetings so, I mean, you know, so you could think of things like it could be, you know, one week, a quarter, it could be a couple of days, a quarter. But I think, you know, delegating or, or, or naming certain days or weeks as being no internal meeting weeks is a, a fantastic idea. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing, too, like that's sort of associated with that is who really needs to be involved in the meetings mm. and just being more, I guess, mindful of that, too. It's like you're used to maybe using your email distribution group of like your team or your department but like do all these people really need to be in this meeting like if it's just really a meeting of three people okay let's let's actually select who needs to be in this meeting instead of being like all right team we're having another meeting and everyone's like oh i don't even need to be here and then they're multitasking and getting zoom fatigue and then you're just ruining everything you know it, i just want to remind people that we've talked a lot about zoom and, and zoom meetings and technology and but it's it's important because this is all impacting the human experience. Uh, we know that since the pandemic, uh, over 80 per some studies show that over 80 percent of employees are feeling some degree of burnout, um, and then that obviously affects their their ability to focus and their performance. And there's a cost to that, and so. Um, so it's it's really important that we have these conversations and we think and we're thoughtful about how do we how do we combat this zoom fatigue because it's negatively impacting the human experience for our employees Mm -hmm. yeah and i think exactly just being aware of it and coming up with out of the box ideas to take a break from all that Um, And going back to the human experience, like that could be anything, anything that you can think of, whether it's having some sort of volunteer opportunity, um, these sort of peer groups that we talked about where people can get together and just kind of have support or join in on a topic that they're interested in, offering different webinars. Well, there you're back on camera again. Um, But having different sort of things to break up the day while also enhancing your engagement so that human spirit side of it and playing into what employees find important and impactful which also can relate to work Mm. um i think that's really important yeah all right well let's let's shift gears now a little bit because there are uh, a lot of folks have or employers have um begun to open their offices back up maybe even at a limited capacity like like as you know we're doing here um, you know, we as employers, we can't expect everyone to just come flying back to the office, uh, except uh, maybe those that have been stuck at home with distance learning, their young kids <laughs> and just can't wait to get back in, yeah. the, back in the office. I think you might have a personal experience with that. Absolutely. Yeah. 
uh, right? We can't. We, we need to let employees sort of. Am I right? We need to let employees sort of go at their own pace. So that's, if we can, if if the job will allow it. Yeah, a, a lot of people do view working from home as a benefit, and it is a benefit. And a lot of people don't want to come back, and they want to keep working remotely because this is great for their life and. That's their choice um, for them that they that they think that they can work best doing remote work, and then there's the other ones of us like me who are like, yes, please get me back in the office. So, how do we satisfy both both needs? I guess if you can, and I think that it's important that now managers really shift their mindset to not measuring performance or success by mouse clicks or number of emails or number of phone calls that the output uh, shows per day, but really the value and the quality of the employee's work. And I think that if you've got good employees that you trust and you've got these good relationships that I talked about with, you know if they're going to do the work or they're not going to do the work. And you'll be able to tell if they're not pulling their weight or the value's not there. And so I think that's just really important goes to show who you've hired on your team, um, who is truly engaged as, as, as an employee they're the ones who are going to be your superstars still working remotely or in the office. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. And so I think that that manager mindset shift of, hey, you're not in the office. I don't see you every day, but you're not out of sight, out of mind because you're you're still working and you're putting in the quality and the value. And that is important, I think, going forward, because as we do have some people coming back into the office, it may be hard for some managers to remember like oh I still have half my team at home and so when they're like oh yeah we want to have a team huddle really quick come on let me grab everybody from their cubicles and then you're like oh shoot I forgot about you know Rachel and Jeff and I got to call them and maybe they're not available maybe you didn't check their calendar maybe they're running out to the mailbox or you know whatever they're doing at home um, because they're up at 5 a.m. checking emails and doing things and so they didn't have to report to work from 8 to 5 so I think being accepting of this new way that many of us are going to be working and have been working and like we said, balancing that work and life, it's going to be a tough shift for some managers that are just used to having their employees physically within their reach and available every day. So I think that you can't forget about everybody. Everybody's yeah. got to be remembered. So um, I'm going to feel left out if I missed the meeting and then you're like, oh, well, so-and-so will catch you up. Well, that's not really going to keep me engaged. So is that the key to keeping those remote folks engaged is just make sure that they're still included and that you have those, you continue with that cadence of regular check-ins, one-on-ones, um, that they know they're not forgotten. Yeah. Inclusivity is, is going to be the key. And just remembering, especially this is going to be important when leaders are thinking about promotions or salary increases and thinking about like, okay, who's been working on these projects? I think if you're in the office all the time with a certain number of people and then you've got these other people who like you forget to call into meetings or, you know, they're just not in the forefront of your mind. I hope that we don't see the unfairness of people who are physically here getting those increases or promotions over the people who are still doing the same value and quality yeah. of work at home. You have to avoid clickiness. We, we, we could create these clicks of the, you know, the, the people who come in the office and the people who aren't. Mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that that's not, we're, we're not letting that happen. Uh, <laughs> I was actually, 
I was watching The Bachelor the other night with my daughter. I'm gonna blame my daughter, right? And I guess like there's now they've got this original group. They 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 brought these new girls in, but the girls that were there from the beginning now they're calling themselves the OGs. Oh the, yeah, the OGs. The, the OGs, the original girls, and uh, <laughs> all the new girls. Are <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be like the what would be in the in office, the the IOs, <laughs> the IOs and the WOHs. No, we can't start no, forming groups. No. <laughs> All right, move on. So, Rachel, uh, you know, as a result of this of, of the pandemic of COVID, there's been a heavy impact on working parents in particular, and specifically, I would say, working moms who've had to exit the workplace. And, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen this yet, but in December, in the month of December 2020, 100% of jobs lost were women. So, you know, there are a few reasons why this is happening, but the main one is that many of these women work in industries like hospitality uh, and so forth, where remote work just isn't an option. And therefore, they can't continue to work without childcare. And so, so this is a big issue. So how can HR manager, managers be mindful of this uh, in respect to their own organizations? Yeah, so first of all, that stat is just so sad. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. That's why that we had to double check it, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm sure this is a conversation that has gone on in so many different households, especially as the pandemic first started, the uncertainty of it all and what, what this was gonna look like for everybody's job. Um, but I know definitely in my house, it was a big conversation like, okay, if one of us has to stay home with the kids, who's it going to be? And it was going to be me. Um, so that's hard, especially for women who are career women. And it kind of like, it's a tough emotional and mental um, battle as well. But I guess going back to your question, I think that it's sad, obviously, um, that unfortunately some jobs did have to be lost to women uh, because of that situation in some cases I don't think that there was anything that could really be done about it but with that being said especially now that we've kind of had time to breathe and really think about what's happened over the last year and how can we adjust to this and be fair and consistent to all of our employees as best as possible um, you've got to think outside the box. And I think I keep saying that, but getting creative and thinking outside the box is what's going to help you move forward in an innovative way that's going to be attractive for everybody. So hopefully, and I think a big part of that is surveys. And I love employee surveys because that is how leaders are going to get the most relevant feedback that is directly from their people. So asking them, okay, here's our situation. What what do you guys think? What do, what should we do? What are some ideas? Let's all work on this together. Which also is bringing in that collaborative spirit, which engages people and makes them feel part of the team, makes them feel valued, appreciated, recognized. So all these things that we talk about when we talk about employee engagement and the employee experience and the human experience. Um, and I'll actually give you an example. So I was talking about doing this podcast with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and we were just talking about exactly this, like, you know, people have lost their jobs, and what about the people that can't work remotely? And one of the stories they told me that I looked up because I had not heard it for myself, but it's actually in Connecticut, this was on the news, that there was, I think it's an energy company, and they were going to have to lose a lot of their workers 
because they were parents and their kids were not going back to school. They were having to do school at home and no option. So obviously knowing that having to let go of employees and then hire more employees is just obviously very time consuming, but also very, very costly. Expensive, yeah. Yeah, to be able to have to retrain and do all that. Um, they thought outside the box and they were able to make a little section in their offices of space that they put cubicles that were properly socially distanced for the kids of the employees so that the kids could come in and do their distance learning from the office. So it was cool because not only did the kids get to have some socialization that they were missing out on, but the parents got to like, you know, have lunch with them and take them to work with them every day. Um, And all they had to do, the only thing they had to spend was, you know, to put these partitions up, which they had to do anyway, everywhere else in the office and to hire a certified teacher so that she was there to be able to kind of like supervise and help with technology issues if anybody got kicked off or had a question about something. Um, And I mean, how easy of a solution that was, how cheap of a solution that was compared to the alternative. And they thought outside the box. And I think that that is what HR managers really need to get with their leaders and the leadership team of the organizations and just be completely open-minded because that's what's going to allow you to absorb all these great ideas that other people may have that you might have never even thought of. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great example. Kudos to them, to that yeah. company, right, to, to do that. But you're right. I mean, it's best best for them, too. It's it better to hire one you know, one person than to have to replace 20% of your your workforce or whatever, which, you know, that cost is definitely going to exceed that of, you know, one one teacher's aid uh, to help these kids. Great solution. All right, so anything we missed, Rachel? Did it, did I, uh, did we cover everything you, th- you think we need to cover on this episode? I feel like I could talk about this all day because yeah. this is just what I love about my job. Yeah, well, we might have to have a part two later in the <laughs> part season. Part two, part yeah. two, coming okay. soon. All right, but I'm not going to let you go just yet. Um, it was a jam-packed episode, but you know what? We always end with rapid-fire questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you been nervous about this? Very. Right. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Laundry or dishes? Laundry. Does the toilet paper go over or under? Absolutely over. Mm, I disagree with you. <laughs> Favorite TV show that you're currently binging? Uh, Actually, Friends reruns. Ah. If you won the lottery tomorrow, what's the first thing you'd do? Jeff, if I won the lottery tomorrow and you just said this, I would buy us two plane tickets to Fiji. Oh, nice. (laughs) And lastly, our theme this year, you're going to take me to Fiji? Yeah, you're the one who just like, you you put this in my head, I might be winning uh, the lottery. It was the good karma that I Okay. Good. You give me credit for it. And lastly, our theme this year is rise at One Digital. So we all went through and are still going through a lot since the beginning of 2020. How are you, Rachel, going to rise in 2021? Yeah, that, that's such a good question to end with. I feel like I kind of missed the boat on the self-care movement in 2020. So I feel like I'm going to really focus on that this year emotionally, mentally, physically, financially and that's only going to make me better to perform here at work and perform home with my family awesome uh thank you for joining us today rachel it was a lot of fun as always to our listeners thanks for tuning in this has been another episode of friends with the